Blog Talk Radio. Hello, this is Pam Heath, the Yes Coach. How are you? Welcome to my show. Christina, can you hear me? Awesome. All right, so welcome and thank you for joining me. Today, you are listening to The Science of Yes, and I'm your hostess, Pam Heath, the Yes Coach. Welcome. I welcome you to The Science of Yes. So each week, I'm going to be speaking to you about the energy of yes and how you can use it to create an extraordinary, prosperous life by design. So who I am, I'm a life coach and a business coach, and I specialize in supporting and helping entrepreneurs and spiritual practitioners and people who are just starting out really break down the barriers that block you emotionally and keep you from being committed to achieving whatever it is you want in life. Just so that you know and have a little understanding about me, my background is in personal development and communications, team management, and I spent at least 17 years, empowering individuals to achieve their best results, leading workshops and seminars in a transformational context. I spent a lifetime as a legal administrator and an operations manager. And I also spent several years really honing in on coaching people to be the very best they can be. And I work with people so that they can absolutely live their lives inside of a yes mindset. When I say to to be a yes, I'm not talking about just the semantics of the word yes. What I'm speaking to is how you are in life and how you relate to opportunity and how you relate to people and how you relate to circumstances. You're either a yes or you're a no. It kind of reminds me of um, one of these movies that um, I use quite a bit in, in my analogies when I coach and and work with people. And one of the things you're going to learn about me, Pam Heath, the Yes Coach, is that I'm really big movie buff and, and I love music and I'm always using music and movies to sort of get people to understand what it is that I'm saying if it's a little too woo-woo for them. So um, it reminds me, I like to share with people, one of my favorite movies is uh, Ghostbusters. And um, there's a scene in Ghostbusters when the, the four Ghostbusters are up against Gozer, and he's the, the ultimate villain, the bad guy, and he's possessing a friend of theirs. And so Gozer, when he actually emerges, approaches the, the four Ghostbusters, and what Gozer says is, are you God? Now, the Ghostbusters don't know how to respond to this. This is like not what they expected at all. They came here to kick butt and chew bubblegum. And they were not expecting Gozer to query them like this. So they looked at each other kind of confused. And then Ray, he decides that he's going to take the the bull by the horns. He's just going to respond truthfully because he tends to be an honest person. So Ray was played by Dan Aykroyd. His character looks at Gozer and says, well, no, and Gozer says, then die, and Gozer zaps them, all four of them at the same time, and almost literally knocks them off the roof where they're standing, and they almost literally die, 
So they tumble around and they, they barely pull themselves out of this. And at the, at the end of this, you know, when they finish maneuvering, getting themselves back together, you know, one of the characters looks at Ray and says, Ray, the next time somebody asks you, if you're a god, say yes. And that's one of the funniest moments in the film. Now, it might not be that funny with me retelling it, but I'm going to tell you, you had to be there. So if you haven't seen Ghostbusters, you, you want to watch it just for that scene alone. But anyway, I digress. I wanted you to get a sense of what I mean when I say say yes. What I mean is that you want to be able in life to take risks. You want to be able to swing out, to actually do things you're not really sure you know how to do or you don't have all the answers. You have no guarantee. People who succeed in life are people who are willing to take on life. They're a yes, I say. And people who meet life with courage and bravery, they're a yes. Now, I'm not saying yes is good and no is bad. That is not what I'm trying to get across to you now. The science of yes is really quite simple. I'm really grounded, very, very much grounded in the law of attraction. And the law of attraction is very, very simple. Basically, the law of attraction is really grounded in how you relate to life. If life is energy and you are energy within life, then whatever energy the universe is resonating in, if there's something you want, you, therefore, have to resonate in that same energy that life is resonating for you to have that thing. Einstein said it best. I love this quote from Einstein. Einstein is considered to be one of the most intelligent men that ever live. So you ever get to wondering about the kinds of things that myself and other people who are spiritual and metaphysical practitioners they're a little too woo-woo for you or a little bit too out there. What I want to offer you is Einstein's quote. Albert Einstein said, everything is energy, and that's all there is to it. Match the frequency of the reality you want, and you cannot help but get that reality. It can be no other way. This is not philosophy. This is physics. What Albert Einstein was alluding to is that there is absolutely a correlation between everything in life and the energy that you resonate. If what you're resonating at is, I can't have that, then guess what? You won't have that. Why? Because you're resonating at no if you want that thing, whatever it is, whether it's a new car, a new house, a new boyfriend, a new hairdo, whatever it is that you want, you have to resonate at that energy in order to have it, especially if you don't have it now and you want it and it occurs like it's not reachable. So this is Pam Heath, the life coach and business coach who teaches and develops people in the science of yes. If you have any questions for me, whether it's during this podcast or afterwards or any time at all, you can find me on the web at my website, which is 
yescoachforyou.com. That's www.yescoach, the number four and the letter u.com. www.yescoachforyou.com. You can write to me and I'll answer any questions that you have. And what I focus on, I deal directly with the transformational community. For people who are spiritual and holistic wellness coaches, practitioners, healers, massage therapists, tarot readers, psychics, whoever you are, whatever you're up to, I can coach you so that you are actually running your business as a business and not necessarily as a hobby. You can have abundance and prosperity doing what it is that you love to do, making a difference with people, and actually contributing while at the same time receiving inside the science of yes. So the other analogy I like to use with people to have them understand the science of yes is um, if you remember a few years ago, the motion picture Aladdin starring Robin Williams, he was doing voice acting for that, but you could definitely feel his personality as he played the genie in that movie. My favorite song from that movie, and the one I use in my coaching a lot, is the song, You Ain't Never Had a Friend Like Me. One of the things that the genie wants Aladdin to understand, now that you've met me, anything you want is at your disposal. Let your mind run free. Use your imagination. In the song, he explains to everyone what life is trying to say that you need to wake up and hear. You ain't never had a friend like me. And that's the universe. The universe talking to us and telling us you can have it if you want it. All you have to do is say you want it. It's kind of like life is your restaurant and the universe is your maitre d'. So all you do is you sit down, relax, look at the menu, and ask for what you want. My theory in life is that you can have anything you want in life that you're willing to say you want. I've noticed that a lot of people have conversations in their head about what they want. But if you ask them or prompt them, or even if they're in a situation where they're saying what it is that they want, they don't fully authentically tell you what they want. Because in the back of their mind, there's this little voice editing what they're saying because they don't want you or anyone else listening to judge them because they want that thing. And what I'm saying to you is that if you have the courage to say it, the universe has the energy to create it. You have to be willing to open your mouth and say what you want. And then the second part of that is that once you've said what you want, you have to be willing to take the actions that are correlate to the commitment you have to have that thing in your life. So I'll say it again. You can have anything you want in life that you're willing to say that you want. So when you work with me, I actually encourage you to create for yourself the future of your life inside of your design and your desires and your wants and your dreams, everything you want, you can have it. So I want to touch a little bit before um, 
um, we get much further on what tonight's topic is about. So tonight I have a, a, a theme. I have something I'm going to be speaking to throughout the, the rest of the time that we're together. And the theme that I have is the theme of, of resurrecting your mind and awakening the sleeper. Resurrecting your mind, what I mean by that is like I'm going to assert, I'm asserting this, I'm not saying it's the truth, so you don't have to believe me. I am offering you this as an assertion that you can inquire into and consider and think about. I'm going to assert that many people are actually in a somnolistic state as they go through life, doing what they do, waking up in the morning, brushing their teeth, showering, doing whatever there is that they're supposed to do, almost asleep, most likely, definitely asleep. And one of the things that keeps people in that somnolistic state of mind is fear. From the moment they wake up until the moment they go back to bed, what goes on in the back of their mind, in the front of their mind, all over their being is the concern they have about what they are afraid of in life. Now, like I told you earlier, and I've shared with you before, my my really strong love of movies and how much I love the film industry and watching movies, but I'm also a big-time big time fan of reading. I read a lot of books voraciously. And my favorite genre is science fiction. So I'm going to share with you a little bit tonight about my favorite science fiction um, series, which is Dune by Frank Herbert. Now, the Dune universe is really a very fascinating universe. And they've made uh, a motion picture based on Dune. There was even a a miniseries on the Sci-Fi Channel that was quite good that stay very true to the essence of the storyline of Dune. And I just want to talk to you a little bit about Dune and use that as a backdrop to my conversation about fear. So I'm going to read you something, and it's directly out of Dune, and then I'm going to explain it a little bit. And for those of you who, like me, are science fiction fans, they know about Dune, they know about Frank Herbert, they're big fans as well. Some of this might seem redundant or even like boring because you already know this stuff. So my request is, is that you pick this time to get up, go to the bathroom, go get some entertainment or, you know, some, um, some refreshment or something. Just be gone for a few minutes because I am going to talk a little bit about Doom and, and I'm going to tie it all together in, in my conversation about fear. So I'm going to read this to you now. And those of you who are familiar with Dune and the universe of Dune, you'll recognize this at once. I must not fear. Fear is the mind killer. Fear is the little death that brings total obliteration. I will face my fear. I will permit it to pass over me and through me. And when it is gone past, I will turn the inner eye to see its past. Where the fear has gone, there will be nothing. Only I will remain. So that quote is from Dune. I use this litany a lot, and I want to introduce it to you. So I'm committed to creating with you an understanding of what this is called in the universe of Dune. This, what I just read to you, is called the litany against fear. So why is it called that? Well, first of all, 
this is something that's intended to be um, a conversation you're having with yourself in your mind. The conversation you're having with yourself in your mind is a conversation to control fear. The litany against fear, the definition of which, if you look in the dictionary for litany, it's basically a prayer consisting of a series of invocations and supplications by some leader with alternative responses by the congregation, or it's a resonant or repetitive chant, a sizable, usually lengthy recitation or enumeration. So that's the definition of litany. And that is the litany of fear from the universe of Dune. So I'd like to just take a moment with you. Let's just be silent for a moment and be in the reality of the litany of fear. This isn't going to take long, but I promise you, if you just take a moment to get yourself grounded in this universe of Dune. Dune itself is a series of science fiction books, which ultimately it became a franchise, which originated with Herbert's first novel, which was written in 1965. Frank Herbert won the first Nebula Award for best novel that year for Dune. And many times Dune is cited as the best-selling science fiction story of all time. Frank Herbert died in 1986, having written five sequels to this incredible science fiction series. And as a testament to his legacy, his son, Brian Herbert, along with the other science fiction author, Kevin J. Anderson, published, beginning in 1989, a number of prequel novels in the Dune universe, as well as two books completely um, grounded in the original Dune series and, and going on from there. These other novels were based on the notes that Frank Herbert left his son 10 years after his death. So this incredibly realistic, political, scientific, and social fictional setting of Frank Herbert's Dune is known in the science fiction circle as the Dune universe or the Duneiverse. It's set thousands of years in the future. And the saga is very much like Game of Thrones. It's got all this political intrigue and it chronicles a civilization that's banned artificial intelligence because of the, the problems and the wars and the death and the mayhem that was caused years before. But it's developed this advanced technology with mental and physical abilities. Vital to this empire is this harsh desert planet called Arrakis, being the only known source of the spice melange, which is a valuable substance in this universe because people take it. They, they use it in their food. They inhale it. It's, it's like a drug. It's like a, a, a condiment. It, it's everything. Everything is spice and spice is everything. But it's not just used for sustenance. It's also used for spiritual and mental enhancement. Therefore, since the spice is wanted, coveted, and needed throughout the entire universe, he who controls the spice controls the universe. Now, don't, don't let me lose you. You might think, oh, she's going too hard into this universe, and don't tell me that. Tell me what you were going to tell me about the air. But first, first, I just want to tell you a little bit more about the universe and the understanding of the litany against fear. So, on this planet, in this universe, there exists a key religious and political force called the Bene Gesserit. 
The Bene Gesserit is an exclusive matriarchal sisterhood whose members train their bodies and minds through years of physical and mental conditioning to obtain superhuman powers and abilities that can be seen magical to outsiders. Acolytes who've acquired the breadth of Bene Gesserit abilities are called Reverend Mothers within this organization's hierarchy. And they have a strict regimen of spiritual prowess and political force. And they combine this with an extraordinary, almost inhuman mental capacity of power and control. And it is the Bene Gesserit who created the litany against fear. The litany against fear is an incantation used by the Bene Gesserit to focus their minds and calm themselves in times of peril. How does a Bene Gesserit know when they are in peril? You are in peril when you're not in control. When you're helpless in the face of whatever is happening, overwhelmed, upset, concerned, stressed, frightened. The litany against fear provides calmness, serenity, and supports anything you're, you're trying to take on. It gives you a sense of control in the face of the situation. It is the ultimate form of meditation. The litany paves the way to neutrality and emotionalist response to any given situation. So now, if you got bored during that while I was describing Dune, you can relax. I'm done talking about Dune. Now I'm going to go back to talking about fear. I'm going to address fear. Fear is an emotion. Fear grips you. It uses you. It possesses you. Fear controls you. What the heck is fear? What the heck is fear anyway? Okay, like, let's talk about fear for a minute. I mean, most people talk about fear like it's something tangible. It's like something you could go down to the 99 cent store and, and purchase. We, in general, most people, not everybody, but we as human beings, we relate to fear as something that happens to us that we don't like, we don't experience as a good thing, and we do everything in our capacity to get rid of it or to manage it to this thing that we've labeled fear. Along with fear comes body sensations. And along with body sensations comes this mental concern or, or emotional desire or this strong need to take or to not take some kind of action with regard to that body sensation. So herein lies the, the so-called fight or flight phenomena. Fear covers our responses. It dictates what we do. We're afraid. So I want to address your mind for a moment. I'd like to distinguish that your mind, your brain, your instrument of processing takes emotions, takes all of your senses, and filters it through pictures of your belief system. Now, what I mean by that is that something happens in your brain when you experience something. Let's say, for instance, you're in the woods, walking around or, or rather hiking around or whatever you're doing in the woods, minding your own business, and then suddenly you stop. There is a big old bear, large, huge, mean-looking bear standing right in front of you. Suddenly, out of the clear blue sky, a bear 
that bear studies you for a moment, and you study the bear. In your mind, you begin the first pictures, like a personal slideshow up there, of all the information you have about bears. If you're an adult, not a child who may have no idea what this creature is, but a grown-up who has read about, seen on TV or in the movies, or might even have experienced a bear before, there exists some sense in your psyche of bear. Pictures start to form in your mind. Should you be afraid? Now, I'm saying all this rather slowly, but in your mind, all this is jumbled together. It's happening very rapidly, just whisking by as you gather your information about how to relate to this creature. Now, you probably saw movies with bears attacking folks, like the Anthony Hopkins, Alec Baldwin film in 1997, The Edge. That bear in that movie was scary. No kidding. Scary bear. Or if you saw the documentary, Grizzly Man, that bear was also pretty scary bear. Both of those examples involved man-eating bears. So if you saw both those films, and if you read about man-eating bears, and after this rapid slideshow in your mind, you are now probably full of fear. Scared out of your wits of this thing standing in front of you. Completely, completely frightened. Scared. So what I want you to know is very normal. That's totally appropriate. You should be afraid. Be very afraid. Now, this big old scary bear suddenly rears up, stands on two legs and roars. Then he plops down and charges you. He charges you, running right at you. Right about now is the fight or flight syndrome. So for 99.9% of us, a charging man-eating bear coming straight at you, flight. You run. Run, as they say, for your life. Okay, great. So in that scenario that I just described, it is very appropriate to be afraid. All those body sensations, all those feelings, completely justified. Be afraid. Be very afraid. Run like the wind and get as far away from that bear as you can. There are situations in life, just as I described to you, that require and actually are validated to be moments of justified fear. Leverage that fear to fuel your flight and get the heck out of there. Let's talk about not bears. Let's talk about asking your boss for a raise. Let's talk about asking that cutie pie on a date. Let's discuss opening that piece of mail that looks like a bill collector is writing to you making some kind of demand. Or how about that lie that you told your significant other and now you are found out? And in that moment, when you realize your deceit is discovered and they're standing right in front of you making grr faces and they're raising their voice and they might even be calling you names, guess what? Those situations I've just described are emotional minefields. They're upsetting, heart-wrenching moments of emotional distress. You've got those same body sensations. You've got the heart racing. You've got clammy hands. You've got the fight-or-flight syndrome rising up. You actually fear fear right in front of those people. 
you go numb. You you feel kind of sleepy almost as you go slightly unconscious. And that is what I mean when I say you need to awaken the sleeper. You are now driven unconscious by fear, and you are not really present at all to reality. You're mired in the quicksand of your mind. You're completely stuck. And sometimes when some people are in that situation where they're stuck or numb or actually asleep, sometimes you take drastic actions to get unstuck as if you're being stuck is tangible and needed a pitchfork to get free. So check it out. Watch this. There's nothing to do about that kind of fear. Quiet your mind. There's nothing to do about that kind of fear. You can be afraid and you can do stuff. You can be afraid and you can not do stuff. Have your fear, hold it quietly, and do what there is to do. Or don't do anything, but do it because it fits with what you need to do to move forward with what you want in life. Do not let fear dictate your actions. You know that old to be or not to be thing? To be or not to be afraid is to do whatever it is you're going to do in spite of how you feel about it. Ask yourself this. This is the $64,000 question. What am I committed to? Answer that question and then take the action correlate to that commitment. Meaning, have your fear and take the action anyway. Let your mind know who's boss. Your mind doesn't run the show. You do. Do what it takes. Don't be stopped by fear. So now we go back to the litany of fear. I'll read it again. I must not fear. Fear is the mind killer. Fear is the little death that brings total obliteration. I will face my fear. I will permit it to pass over me and through me. And when it is gone, past, I will turn the inner eye to see its path. Where the fear has gone, there will be nothing. Only I will remain. Now, I'm hoping that this time when I read it, you started to hear the actual litany against fear. Because what this litany is pointing to is that you are not your fear. And if you calm yourself, quiet your mind, and let the fear pass, you can turn and look and watch the path the fear takes as it leaves you. And when you look back, Only you are there because you are not your fear. You are not your emotions. You are not your mind. Who you are is what you're committed to being and what you say you are when you say you want abundance, prosperity, love, career, anything you want in life. You can have. Don't have to worry about fear. You're going to have fear. Fear is going to pop up. But the thing you want to be really clear about, you are not your fear. The litany of fear for me is yes. My access is yes. In the heat of the moment, when all seems lost, I say yes, and I plow forward. 
And that's my awakening. And that's my resurrection. And I invite you to take it on too. Now, I'm sure there's quite a few things that scare you in life. And there are times when it's appropriate to be afraid. However, you can quiet your mind and do whatever is necessary when you replace your chaos with yes. So I'm Pam Heath, and I'm the Yes Coach. And I'm encouraging you and everyone listening to be a yes, to actually say yes to life. I'm just going to take a moment to remind you that you can visit my website at www.yescoach4u.com. www.yescoach4u.com. And you can visit my website. You can write to me on email at Pam Heath, my name, Pam Heath, at yescoachforyou.com. I'll be more than happy to answer any questions you have or help you get yourself started on the path to whatever it is that you want in life, no matter what. www.yescoachforyou.com. So if there's any questions or if there's anything you want me to talk about specifically, feel free to dial in. You can call in and ask me any question, or if you missed the podcast live, feel free to write me an email, and I'll be sure to include that topic on my call next week. And speaking of the call next week, I'm going to be taking some time to go over my, my ebook called Say Yes, Seven Steps to the Life of Your Dreams. And these seven steps have to do with your overall life and how you live it and how you focus your attention on it. I want you to know that anything you want in life is available. And in order for you to have a life you love, to have a happy life, to be content in life, you have to be willing to take the time to address all areas of your life, all areas of your life, meaning the seven areas that are most important to you. So what I'm going to say is there are some very, very specific areas that you want to keep your eye on and keep yourself grounded in. And I'm going to go over that with you in just a moment. But before I do, I just want to make sure that you know that every week on Thursday nights at 9 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, I will have this podcast and we'll be going over the science of yes. And I'll be distinguishing with you what I do with my clients when I coach them and having the life they love. So if you still want to reach out, if there's still time, we have 15 more minutes on this call for you to call in and get your questions answered. Christina, what is the number they call in if they want to talk? Um. I believe it's 323-642-1207. Thank you very much. So that's 323-642-1207. That's my gorgeous niece, Christina. She's my engineer tonight. Say hi. Hello. <laughs> She's so cute. She's like baby Groot. Nice little <laughs> <laughs> I am Groot. All right, so again, that's www.yescoachforyou.com. Yes, coach, the number four, and the letter U.com. So, the seven areas of a well rounded life, living your life by design. So, basically, your life is not linear, it's holographic. 
So everything that, that happens to you in your environment, in your relationships, in your job, everything creates the context for you having the life you, you have and living that life, how you live it. So if you look at it holographically, for you to design a life you love, you have to actually take on those areas of your life that are most important. And those areas have to be uh, grounded. You want to be actually paying attention. So many times people, you know, you remember that song from long ago. I know I'm, I'm starting to get up there in ages and things that are very, very um, familiar to me. I notice that a lot of people aren't familiar with them anymore. I guess I've gotten what they call old. But there was a song that came out years ago. It was by a man called Harry Chaplin. It was called um, Cats in the Cradle. And in that song, he distinguished uh, a man who spent his life chasing his career. And during that time, his son was born. And um, as he says in the song, he came to the world in the usual way. But there were planes to catch and there were bills to pay. So while he was out chasing money and chasing his career, his son learned to walk while he was away. And he never got to be there to see him say his first words. He never got to be there to hold him and play ball with him. And every time his, he would come home, his son would say, hey, dad, oh, dad, let's go play ball. Oh, dad, let's go do this. Let's go do that. And he'd say, son, I got, I'm really busy. But, you know, the next time I come home, we'll go do that. And we'll have such a good time the next time I come home. And the boy walks away saying, you know, when I grow up, I'm going to be just like him. And so consequently, when the man grew old and retired, he called his son up, and his son's an adult now with his own family and his own wife and kids and job. And he says, hey, son, won't you come on over? Won't you, let's get together. Let's ha have lunch. Let's do something together. And his son says, gee, Dad, I sure would like to, but I'm so busy. But you know what? The next time you call, the next time you call, we'll get together. And boy, will we have a good time then. We'll, we'll have a really good time then. And his son hung up. And as his father hung up his end of the line, he suddenly realized that his son grew up just like him. And that was the legacy that he gave him, that he was chasing his career. And in the meantime, his son grew up and became just like him. And that was not what he was committed to at all. And that's what he ended up with because he had his focus on one area, very, very linear conversation. And what I'd like to offer you, what I teach and, and train my clients in is that you want to have a holographic, a 3D relationship to your life. And everything is spinning like those mobiles in a child's uh, room above the crib. Everything is spinning. And you keep them spinning keep them balanced, you have to pay attention to them and give each area um, attention as it, it deserves inside of your commitment. So you want to distinguish for yourself, what are you committed to? It's your job to design positive environments that support you in having a full life and living a life that you all love. Now, I'm going to say something, and you may not understand it, but just listen. Life is a game. And you're always winning the game you're playing. If you want to know what you're committed to in life, just take a look at what you've got. Whatever it is that you have in life is direct correlations to the actions you took in the past. You took the actions correlate to that result. And that's why that result's there. It's nobody's fault and you're not a victim. And if you want to change the results you have, then you have to take different actions. 
And the first step to a life of freedom and ease and abundance is to distinguish for yourself what you want in life and then create and structure the game you're going to play to have it be that way. And if you want to alter anything you have in your life, then you have to take the actions correlate to the commitments you have in life. Just take a moment to take a look at the people you surround yourself with and the environments you've designed for yourself. Do these environments have you focus on areas you excel in, or do they constantly remind you of what you're doing wrong? Are your friends and family cheering you on, or are you surrounded by naysayers constantly being negative or bringing up your shortcomings or telling you why you can't have what you want? Together, you and I, we can start to focus on whatever it is that you say you're committed to having and then build environments that support what you say you want to have so that your actions are given by and a direct fit to what it is that you say you want so that you're creating the building blocks to having the life, the exact result that you're committed to having. So here's the seven areas of your life. Your home, which is your physical environment, where you live, whether it's a house, whether it's an apartment, whether it's a box, a cardboard box under the freeway, whether you live in your car, that's your home, your physical environment. Your career, which is your business, your work, your finances, and that includes your relationship to your money, to investment, and budgeting. Your family, your immediate family, your extended family, your close friends. This includes close colleagues and and people that you work with or people that work for you. Your relationships, and, and I distinguish relationships separate from family because there are times you spend t- time with friends and associates and colleagues outside of um, what you're doing in your home with your immediate family, like your spouse or your siblings or your children. Fun, which is what looks like entertainment. What, what do you do for, in your spare time for fun? Your hobbies, hiking, biking, swimming, movies, books, conventions for Star Trek, whatever you call fun. Your health, your physical well-being, diet, exercise, eating well and keeping your body fit. And the last one is spiritual. Now, that relationship to a higher source, meditation, religious belief, creating a spiritual practice is very critical if you're going to have a well-rounded, a whole, you know, life that is given by your commitments. You want to, you know, start with having a spiritual understanding, a relationship. And I'm not going to address whether or not you believe in God or whatever you believe in. All I'm going to point out is creating and maintaining some kind of spiritual practice is vital to your mental, emotional, and spiritual well-being. It's one of the greatest gifts that you can give yourself. Your physical and your emotional health and your sanity is dependent on you having some kind of spiritual practice. So instead of wallowing in feelings of overwhelm and frustration, take steps to create some kind of spiritual practice that fits into your life and work it into a daily basis. You'll be so glad that you did. Make a commitment with yourself to contact yourself, to reach in and have some kind of practice, whether you meditate, whether you just be quiet with a candle burning and incense burning and, and you know, in your playing. Whatever it is you need to do, take a moment every day to put aside time to just be inside of you. Gain clarity. Give yourself time to heal. Give yourself 
an understanding for your life, your purpose. If you've been dealing with some challenges, give yourself a moment to recuperate, to rebound from something that has knocked you down. You can build your strength and you can gain focus and intentionality if you just take a moment to be still. You'll fulfill in your dreams and your intentions a lot quicker when you're able to take these quiet moments. It doesn't need to be hours, and it doesn't need to feel like drudgery. It only requires that you be committed and have a desire to better yourself in your life. So my recommendation is to begin your day by setting a sacred space for yourself. Create a special place for you to connect with spirit as soon as you get out of bed. Spend a few minutes talking with your higher self, your guides, your angels, angels, your higher power, God, whatever it is, whatever you call it. It doesn't matter what your belief strategies are. Call it the universe if you want to. Whatever creates a higher power space for you, set your intention, say an invocation or a prayer, whatever resonates for you, and express your gratitude for all that you are and all that you have and all that is coming your way. Be present to gratitude and appreciation. This will help you to set your intent for the day in a positive way, and it tells the universe you are ready and what you would like to experience or accomplish that day. All right, well, we're getting close to the end of my my time with you, and I really have enjoyed speaking with you. Today we we touched on um, the whole conversation about the litany against fear and how it is that you can relate to fear and how it is that you want to live your life inside your commitment to life. We also talked about the seven areas of life that really define you having a full, whole, structured, beautiful, extraordinary life. Please feel free to go to my website at www.yescoachforyou.com. That's www.yescoachforyou.com. Dot com. It's been my pleasure to be with you today and to talk to you about these things. And I'm available every Thursday night at 9 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Bring yourself, bring your questions, or just listen. This podcast is available on the regular podcast schedule with the Spirit Radio. Feel free to tell your friends and go to the Spirit Radio, the Blog Talk Radio page for the New Age Guild and like this broadcast. Our broadcast will do quite well when you let people know that you like it. The New Age Guild is our website where you can register yourself as a spiritual or holistic practitioner. It's our offer to those of you who are holistic and spiritual and metaphysical practitioners to have a place where you can go and register yourself and let people know what your services are. I am a life coach and a business coach. And I can help support you, those of you who are working your spiritual services as a business. I can train and develop you so that you are absolutely freed up to run your business as a business and not as a hobby, to make abundance and prosperity the name of the game. I can help you with your business plan. I can support you in creating your your vision and your, your policies for your business And I can actually show you what there is to do to actually create an LLC. Everything that you need is provided. And we can also help you 
with your website to get you going on Facebook. We can even give you your own on-air spot on Blog Talk Radio so that you can let people know and get people signed up to listen to your podcast. Whatever it is that you need, New Age Skill can provide it. We can support you. So if you are a, a metaphysical, spiritual, or holistic wellness practitioner, come to the New Age Guild. That's www.newageguild.com. N-E-W-A-G-E-G-U-I-L-D. www.newageguild.com. We're happy to support you, and we look forward to seeing your business grow day after day until it is exploding with abundance and prosperity for you and your services are available to millions of people on the planet. Join us here at the New Age Guild. That's www.newageguild.com. Well, I'm wrapping up, and I want you to know that I'm excited to be able to be here with you every week. That's Pam Heath, the Yes Coach. And I welcome you to the science of yes. I call myself a yes coach, and the process I designed that I train people in, coach people in, and develop them in is the science of yes. Join me every week, and I'll guide you in having it all. You don't have to let your fears keep you frozen in place. Take on life and everything it has to offer. Say yes to life. Please visit my website, you. That's www.yescoach, the number four, and the letter U, dot com. I'm Pam Heath, the Yes Coach, and I look forward to being with you next week at 9 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on the Science of Yes. Good night, everybody, and thanks for being here. That's it. There's no more show. I'm going to sign off. Thank you. This is my niece, Christina. I appreciate your being here. All right, Thanks, we're everyone. all done. Good night. Thanks for being here. Talk to you next week. Bye-bye. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.